Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a very timely review of a new movie project that's out there that almost nobody's talking about, uh, except for it's five months old, and we just realized this was a thing, apparently. We're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, formerly referred to as Justice League The Snyder Cut, formerly referred to as Hashtag Release The Snyder Cut, and after the campaign of hashtag release the Snyder Cut Review Oz Network, we're here to fulfill a promise. Uh, we're going to cover all four hours of this movie, but just not in real time. And all the excitement of no mustache CGI removal and dark side appearing and more cyborg. There's so much exciting stuff to talk about here. So let's get into it. My name is Colin and booyah. Oh, I can't say that anymore. Oh. And my name is a Russian family who were cut out of the last episode. And Wonder Woman, what do you think, man? Think she'd ever go for a younger guy? <laughs> and, of course, the punchline, we won't spoil. But it is great. <laughs> <laughs> but Justice League, the Snyder Cut, um, interesting history on this review. I have somewhere on my computer here about 16 minutes of a Snyder Cut review that Jamie and I did the day after this came out, uh, for which we never finished. And by the time we had time to finish, I realized that half the stuff I said in that review would be misinterpreted anyways, and then we'd be canceled. Uh, that's a story for a little bit later on, as I'll explain myself. Uh, but we're finally here, and you've seen it. And it's four hours long. And I don't know about you, but I mean... I think it lives up to the hype. I think this is incredible. I will put the disclaimer on there that this is not a movie. This was clearly designed to be, let's put everything out there that we shot. We'll make this a TV miniseries. And then when it leaked online, they said, oh, we got to release the whole thing at once just so there's no spoilers. So we get a four hour movie, but I, I still think it's great. Are we spoiling? Is this a spoiler review or a non-spoiler review? Spo I mean, what people have seen it by now. Let's spoil it. Superman comes back to life. <laughs> Everyone, did you know that? Um, yeah, like, I'll, without going into the solid details of Ben Waterworth's personal life, this was one of the, the biggest things I was looking forward to this year. I mean, we talked to, we talked it up sort of last year in the lead up to Wonder Woman 84. We did Wonder Woman 84, then we're like, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we were going to be doing so many things around this, and obviously shit hit the fan in my life, couldn't do it, and here I am uh, all these months later being able to finally watch it. And I... I wanted to sort of work out a night where I could watch it all in one go. I didn't want to separate it. And I'm glad that they ended up releasing as as one as well. Um, but look, it's 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 the cliche Ben Waterworth Oz Network thing. Whenever we talk about a DCEU movie, we just recently talked about the Suicide Squad, and here we are again. I, I fucking loved it. I mean, I I loved 
the the theatrical cut. I was one of the few that I mean, you were one of the few too. Like we we, we praised. We did the review. We did the recap. We did a preview. We did everything around it and. Um, I'm pretty sure from memory I ranked that up there in my top two or three out of the entire DCEU. So I, I already loved this film, but this is just epic. I mean, mm. God, I mean, just think of the possibilities. You can think of all the other movies in the world that you could add an extra two hours to. I mean, people saying this is too long. I mean, this went went by in a breeze for me. I, I didn't even realise I'm watching a four-hour film. So it took something that I loved and, and made it better. Like, it just it mm. really, really was great. And, I mean, I just still – I read the reviews. After because I avoided reviews of this when it came out. I wanted to kind of go into this completely – uninfluenced by anything and even just to this day to still see people bagging this out even though they're saying it's better than the other one like it just it baffles me like this is and again the dc fanboy ben waterworth this is a hundred times better than any of the avengers movies i'm just saying this right now i thoroughly loved it thoroughly loved it if i can if that's a words i can put in the sentence i just did I think one of the most exciting things for me when this came out was the quick turnaround of everybody who doubted this movie being like, wow, actually, I'm surprised that was really good. Uh, I, I remember reading like page after page after page and and seeing people post, oh, this movie is going to be awful. Oh, why do the fans actually think that, you know, Zack Snyder is going to turn in a cut that's going to fix this movie? And then the morning it came out, just seeing so many people saying I was 100 percent wrong. Like this works. It really works. Uh, and even now looking at, you know, on IMDb, it's got an 8.1, which I think is on level with the Avengers movies. Uh, I'll agree with you because I, you know, I've watched all the Avengers movies multiple times. Um, I, I love the first Avengers movies, uh, the first Avengers movie, but it's flawed. I think age of Ultron is one of the worst superhero movies ever made. Uh, I recently rewatched infinity war and Endgame. Um, I'll, I'll stand by my opinion that infinity war works. If you never have to watch Endgame. as soon as you watch Endgame, you're like, well, that was two and a half hours that you didn't need <laughs> and Endgame's fun. It's great. I have no complaints against it, but I'll agree with you. I think this is the ultimate team up movie. Now, again, the disclaimer being this is four hours long. I mean, we were never going to get this released to the theatrical cut. So is it kind of an unfair advantage to say that this is the best because it's four hours long? If they had released this theatrically, an hour and a half of materials cut out of this movie, would it have worked? I don't know. I, that's one of my favorite things to do is to, kind of go in and re-edit movies myself. Um, I did it with the Matrix sequels. I did it with uh, the Hobbit movies, uh, editing them into two, two parts instead of three. Uh, and I really want to go in and sort of see how this could have been made into a two and a half hour long movie because I don't know what you could lose from this. Maybe the, the, the final scene, if we, we'll talk about that in a little bit, you know, that you don't have to have in here, but there's so much material that I get why they wanted to release this as a miniseries because I don't know what you could lose from it and have this work as a two and a half hour long movie. Just quickly on on the Avengers, though, with Endgame and Infinity War, if you combine both of them, are they not going to be about four hours long? I mean, they're kind of they, kind yeah. of one movie, isn't it? But they never would have released that theatrically as a five hour mm. long movie or five and a half hour long movie, too. Yeah, I can't really think about what you could cut. I mean, I think the, the one the negative that I take from this is the fact that is Snyder done now? Like, cause it's sort of, you know, it really does conclude, I guess the whole man of steel, Batman V Superman sort of trilogy. And we know that this initially was meant to be a trilogy of justice league films. And it's kind of, 
you know, the sad part about this is the way they sort of release it. It's like, well, we're not really going to get anything more from this, uh, which is kind of sad. We're well, not true. I guess we're getting a Flash movie next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Affleck's coming back for that as well, isn't he? So, I mean, there's obviously things in another Aquaman, Aquaman movie, and I'm sure there'll be another Wonder Woman movie. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't know what you could cut out of it because I think the thing that I guess at the end of the day really surprised me with this is is how different it actually turned out to be. It's sort of... Yeah, you know, like the the whole campaign for it and everything, and it's sort of you know we I think we talked about it last year with the whole um, the the Joss Whedon kind of edit and the things that were changed and everything along those lines. But I mean, yeah, like barely any of the just Joss Whedon stuff was used in this film. I mean, there was so much stuff that just was gone, and it was so different. And we know there was obviously reshoots that they did with this, but I mean, I couldn't tell what was a reshoot, what was you know this that and everything because it just it fitted so well with it. So. It's kind of interesting to me to just that expectations that I had that it was not going to be as different. I thought it was going to be basically the same movie, just a bit longer with extra things in it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you watch this and then went and watched the theatrical cut, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube. I just haven't watched them about sort of comparing this to the the theatrical cut. But I mean, I would say almost like 50, 60 percent of the theatrical cut is missing from this movie. Yeah. Um, which is, is surprising to me. So, um, I don't exactly know where my point was that I was going with that, but it's it was just sort of it really. But this is a movie I would love to see on a big screen though. Like as you said, like you probably mm-hmm. are never going to get a four hour theatrical release of this, but I would pay for it. Like if they ever said like we're going to put this on the big screen, I would go and see it in a heartbeat because I'd love to see this on the big screen. I alluded towards this in the um, the Suicide Squad review we did. Uh, now people are saying release the air cut, and I was not into that because I've seen a lot of the deleted scenes, and I'm traditionally you know we've seen directors cuts or let's add this scene in here let's add this scene let's take this scene out and having known what was cut from suicide squad it didn't seem like it needed it but then when i saw this it it opens up so many possibilities i mean what this is is this taking even scenes where it is all the same material that you saw in theatrical cut it's edited so differently like the change in tones, change in pacing, music, little things like that made such a huge difference in this movie that it opens up all these possibilities where there are directors who probably had the movies cut taken away from them. And without material being thrown in the garbage, without <laughs> scenes being cut completely, it still drastically changed. And I think David Ayer went on record as saying, like, he hasn't really commented on this at all, but he said, yeah, you know, I was very happy with the first 40 minutes of Suicide Squad, but after that, the studio butchered it. And I can now see what can be done with subtle changes without losing material in a movie. Now, at the same time, one thing I wanted to mention, this is the the 16 minutes, first half of our uh, Snyder Cup review, Jamie and I did, where I'm praising Joss Whedon. Uh, I don't feel like I walk away from this being like, oh, well, look how Joss Whedon. A lot of people I think are are jumping down Joss Whedon's throat and saying, oh, look what he did. But it's very clear when you watch this movie, the changes that were made, why they were made. It comes down to two things. One, running time. And two, the need to eliminate the setup for a sequel. I mean, a lot of what's in this that's not in the Whedon cut is clearly let's set up a sequel like we see dark side in this movie we see things that are being set up that aren't going to be carried through until what was supposed to be justice league part two if the studio came in and said to joss whedon we need you to add a tiny bit more humor in this movie we need you to you know uh take the running time down below two hours and we need 
to remove any mention of a sequel. There, there are some scenes that were clearly reshot just because the majority of this, the airplane scene, the, the plane scene that we had originally, that is very much setting up a sequel, but in the Whedon cut, it's just removing the talk of the sequel. So uh, I didn't release the episode or finish the episode because the majority of what I was saying sounded release like I was like, Colin Cott. <laughs> <laughs> but it, when I listened to it, I'm like, uh, of course, not long after this, all the Joss Whedon accusations came out. And uh, then it's like, well, this is, people are going to interpret this as me saying I'm praising Joss Whedon. I'm just simply saying the guy did the job that he was brought in to do. And for that matter, I think what he did with the theatrical cut under the studio's direction gives me even more appreciation for what he did. But between the two, I wanted this. I wanted something that would set up a sequel that would get me excited for Justice League Part 2. Yeah, no, I'm with you on both everything you're saying there. And I think, like, the thing is you're talking about extended versions and everything. I mean, when we did our Batman v Superman, you know, recap several years ago, we did, obviously, the extended edition. When that adds, like, what, half an hour, 45 minutes mm-hmm. to it. And it's it's often regarded as that is the superior edit of the film. I mean, the original edit was great, but that one just adds so much more to it. And, again... Praise Man of Steel, praise Batman v Superman. I put Batman v Superman in my top 50 movies of all time. Um, And then you've kind of got this. So, like, if you kind of just just take out every other DCEU movie and just watch those three together. Like, I mean, it's just such a great trilogy of film. I mean, to me, like, it's up there with the, let's be honest, probably better than the Dark Knight trilogy in terms of a completion. I mean, obviously, Dark Knight Rises didn't really stick the landing. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, this is the beauty of the DCEU is that, Again, as we, we talk about all the time, you can take them all separately. But if you're going to take any of these movies and connect them, it's it's this Batman v Superman and uh, Man of Steel, obviously, with all the, the Snyder, Snyderness to it. <laughs> um, so, But again, it's so just makes it so unique and, and great and everything along those lines. Um, but yeah, like uh, just those changes. Like, I mean, obviously, I think the only reason this movie goes for four hours is because there's so much slow-mo, let's be honest. Um, I mean, a couple of, a couple of things I'll say that I, I, I miss from the the Whedon, the Whedon cut. Um, I actually, I liked the Russian family. I saw a lot of reviews where they're like, oh, they got rid of the Russian family. Thank God, they were terrible. I liked the Russian family. I liked the music they used. Like, the score for this is amazing. Don't get me wrong, I'm not taking away from the score. It's incredible, but... I think what we miss from the Snyder Cut is those little teasers of, like, the Batman theme and the Superman yeah. theme, the original ones. We don't get that in this. I actually love that song they opened up, uh, the the Weeding Cut, that Everybody Knows song. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, the come together in the closing credits, I love that. Although, having said that, the fucking version of Hallelujah they use in the credits of this movie mm. is haunting. It's so good. Um, I miss the Superman versus Flash scene at the end. I kind of miss that. Um there's, there's some elements that you do miss, but, I mean, you know, right now, spoiling a review of it, like, if I had to rank this compared to the, the Whedon Cut, I would prefer this. But, again, mm-hmm. I, I mean, am I ever going to sit down and watch a four-hour movie where I can just watch a two-hour movie of basically the same thing? So, um, yeah, there's there's things that, you know, I, and there's there's a few things in this that I also didn't like, which I'm sure we'll get to, but... Um, yeah, I again, I don't know where I'm going with this, Colin, but it's a four-hour movie. I, uh, there's lots of stuff going on in my head. Uh, one thing that uh, I think is really important to talk about is Cyborg, because mm-hmm. if anybody did really get the short end of the stick in the Whedon cut, it's him, now that you see this. And I don't think anybody out there was saying, oh, I really need to see you know, what they did to Cyborg. I mean, this is nothing to get into the, the whole, you know, Ray Fisher versus DC versus Whedon thing, but Cyborg's not really regarded as like, oh, that's the character that I'm dying to see. And you kind of feel like, especially when you see 
on level with he's on level with Aquaman. You know, he's he's maybe a step below the flash in the original version. He is one of the extras. But Zack Snyder clearly had him as the star. I mean, this was Cyborg's movie. So even more so, I side with Ray Fisher now that I see how much they lost in his character because it's not just, oh, we cut this scene here and there. I mean, he was the heart of this movie. Hmm. And and I think there are things, if there are things that, you know, I'm going to say they shouldn't have lost in the Whedon version, they should have found a way to work around. It's keep him the heart of this movie because if, you know, Batman versus Superman was sort of Batman and Superman, right? If um, Wonder Woman gets her solo film or whatever, it, if you look at the Avengers movies, you know, some of the characters who don't get their own solo films, like, you know, Black Widow, Black Widow gets a very prominent role. Uh, the Hulk, I mean, arguably in the first two Avengers movies, he's kind of the heart of those movies as well. Uh, you know, Vision gets a major role. So I don't think it's just, you know, not having a solo film kind of what the Avengers did is they said, we're going to take one or two characters and give them this movie. And this was Cyborg's movie. And is he ever incredible in this movie? I mean, I'm just talking about Ray Fisher's performance, but the way the characters presented, you know, things that probably wouldn't have worked in the theatrical cut. I mean, his introduction does go on for a long time, but again, it makes me want a Cyborg movie so much because he is like head and shoulders above everybody else in this cut. Yeah. And I mean, I liked Cyborg, Cyborg in the in the Whedon cut too. Like I, I, I but I mean, having seen this now, like yeah, you can see he definitely caught, caught the raw end of the, the stick with it. So, um, yeah, I'm down. I'm down with the Cyborg movie. I think it would be fantastic to see. Um, because yeah, like just sort of the feeling you get from. I mean, just the way they change the climax as well. Um, and kind mm-hmm. of make him sort of the the main focus. Because, I mean, I think we talked about in the in the in the Whedon cut that basically. Once Superman shows up, like, you know, they, no one does anything outside of Superman kind of taking control. This time around, it's, it's the opposite. Like, Superman kind of shows up and does what he needs to do, but it's still all down to Cyborg, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's sort of Cyborg and Flash that have to kind of finish it off, which I like. I mean, don't get me wrong, Superman's still always my favourite, but, I mean, it kind of... I was... A lot of a lot of what I was thinking almost at the end of this movie was like, why do they even bring Superman back to life? Like, at the end of the day, does yeah. he even do anything? Um, but he, he does, so... Um, yeah, no, Ray Fisher is, is incredible, and I, I don't know if they're starting to talk about a Cyborg movie, because I know that it was in the works and they kind of canned it, but I obviously know they're focusing a lot more now on the Flash um, spin-off, um, or the spin-off, the, the movie. So, yeah, I, I would I think they need to bring the Cyborg, and hopefully they will. Yeah, the Cyborg. <laughs> the Cyborg. Um, I mean, n- not much else to say on the other characters, because kind of what you see in the movie, you know, you get, there's not well, major... The Flash has a different introduction, which I don't know if you like that one. I'm very, I'm very, I guess, torn on that scene. I feel like the Flash's new introduction, it showcases his power in a cool way. And I get why they wanted to introduce him with a power. But I also feel like that wasn't necessarily necessary. It almost feels like this should be part of the Flash film. Or if you had thrown this into an earlier film here, it almost feels like, okay, let's get into the movie already. Uh, but also the other part of that is, you know, we want to set up another character, the, the Iris West character, uh, who, of course, he saves in that scene for, again, future films. So why did it get cut? Because they wanted to remove any potential of setting up future films that might not happen. I, I mean, I, I would say one thing. I think there's at least uh, maybe one and a half characters that were changed a lot. But maybe I can mention it in a second. I, I liked it. I liked kind of this new scene with him. And I like that sort of song they play as he's kind of, you know, I don't know, like it added something to the character of him because 
again, as I say in all these movie recaps when we do superhero movies, I've, I've never read the comics, so I don't know anything about these characters until I'm seeing them in the movie. So I don't know much about Barry Allen's backstory with his dad and all this kind of stuff. So I like those extra scenes in the prison and I like just kind of this whole going for a job and then just kind of seeing someone and how this is kind of like how the Flash has to like relate to people and almost like he can connect with someone while he can't do anything about it, if you know what I mean. So the one thing I'll say about the Flash character though, like with Barry Allen, I feel they lost some of his humour in this movie. I feel like yeah. Joss Whedon added more humour with him and, I mean, we loved him so much in the theatrical cut, but... If anything, I think you lose some of that in this movie. I'll say that Aquaman got changed significantly in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think he was more sort of, of a passive character in this movie. And I guess it makes more sense when we get to the Aquaman movie. But, like, I feel as though... I mean, I guess it's probably more of a positive because Aquaman was a bit dumb in the theatrical one, wasn't he? Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, with all that sort of stuff, the lasso of truth and all that sort of stuff. So I, I kind of like this. I, I like the horny um, Icelandic women who were like Humpany's jumper or something like that, whatever it was. But um, the one thing I've got to say, though, and I'm, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here to kind of take your, your skin from it, Amber Heard with a British accent, okay, yeah. <laughs> and Willem Dafoe, no ponytail, just the golden locks flowing everywhere. Um, they were a bit jarring considering that we got the Aquaman film and they look completely different. Oh, um, you know what? That's that's interesting because if do you remember when we did the Just League review, we were excited because Willem Dafoe was going to be in the movie. Mm. At that point, they were saying, oh, he's playing some Russian soldier, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then they said, oh, well, he's been cut from the movie. I assumed that you know that's the way it was that they said oh we're going because we had to cut you from Justice League you know we're going to put you in this Aquaman movie and they later on decided let's put him in Aquaman. Clearly this was supposed to be a surprise when we saw if if it had been Zack Snyder's cut in the first place because this is obviously original footage but Willem Dafoe was never announced as having played uh, whatever the character's name is. He plays in Aquaman. So I, I, I wish that we had been able to see that to go into a theater expecting to see Willem Dafoe playing some Russian guy. And all of a sudden you realize, no, he's Aquaman's mentor. Like that would have been a great kind of, you know, you know, the actor is coming, but you don't know what role they're playing. Cause I, I, yeah, I remember that. I remember kind of going into justice league thinking that he was going to be in it, but um yeah, I, I didn't, didn't get Amber Heard and the British accent, but I guess you're not going to change that completely or whatever. But, I mean, the other one's like, I like the fact that, because I remember going into Justice League thinking that Robin Wright was going to be in it again, and he, she she does. She's got a very brief cameo. What's his face from um, uh, the first Wonder Woman? Um, uh, the evil dude in Wonder Woman is in this movie, in the big battle sequence. Um, evil dude? The, Ares? The, the, Ares. Yeah, he's in it. We get more of a lantern scene. Yeah. Uh, which is again, which I, I love the fact that um, Zack Snyder did approach Ryan Reynolds to to be in it, and apparently <laughs> uh, didn't. I, I don't think he didn't get around to it or something along those lines um, with it. But um, yeah, like I mean that that scene was epic. I'm trying to think. Oh, and um, uh, why have I gone blanking his name? JJ uh, J K Simmons uh, kind of had yeah. a bit more of an extended sort of uh, scene, which again, I'm sad that like kind of we might not ever get to see him more as Commissioner Gordon because I think he makes a good Commissioner Gordon. So And Joe um, Morton. Yeah, Joe Jesus. All over this movie. Like it was a cameo in the original. Which which I've got to say, uh again, as I saw a few of the reviews, like Joe Morton, stop stop getting around with computer technology, man. Like it doesn't work out for you well. Okay? Like Skynet, uh now this, just just stop it. Just just put put technology down, Joe. 
Yeah, uh, uh, with Joe Morton, I mean, that that's obviously the second part of the Cyborg stuff that had to be cut out. Uh, Cyborg's introduction in this, uh, the, sorry, the Whedon cut, <laughs> mixing up these guys. Uh, but the his introduction, the Whedon cut, almost felt way too brooding. And we realize now the reason is because they had to cut so much of this backstory out. Um, but um, as you mentioned with the, the battle scene where we get to see um, uh, more of like Robin Wright and everything, that's sort of the setup of Darkseid. And I guess Darkseid... We knew going in that Darkseid was going to be a part of this movie. And then when the Whedon cut came out, Darkseid was sort of alluded towards, but never seen on screen. Also, I didn't expect to see as much Darkseid as we did in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that actually helped Steppenwolf's character, too, because we both said we like Steppenwolf's character. You know, people, I think, mostly focus on the CGI. But if you actually watch the movie, I think he has he, he comes across as a stronger villain than a lot of the, the comic movies that have come out since then. Um, but having dark side there not only is it like it, it, it does dark side look great i i feel like he adds so much more of a threat to this movie especially when you sort of see him appear in the climax and all that but it adds so much more to steppenwolf's arc that you know now i think steppenwolf i, I kind of was a defender of steppenwolf the first time around now steppenwolf's just moved up even more and more notches on my list of like favorite comic book villains he looks better too like i mean i oh, I, yeah. I wasn't really that critical of the cgi but i mean yeah i think he definitely looks looks better and i'm with you i think i again no, don't know much about them dark side I, I i like it i kind of i i mean again i'm not a huge jesse eisenberg as lex luther fan but i kind of like how we had a bit of an extra scene with him at the beginning and everything along those lines but yeah, watch the honest trailer for the Snyder Cut. It's quite funny because they basically get there and they're like, and Steppenwolf now essentially spends this whole movie explaining what he's up to. And it's basically <laughs> just like all the cuts of him explaining to Darkseid about what he's doing. But again, I don't know much about these characters, so I would be very excited to see a, a sequel with Darkseid and kind of see what he Because he kind of reminded me of Thanos in a way, but um, yeah, a little bit different at the same time. But um. Yeah, I just kind of like how you kind of got one bad guy and then you kind of got the bad guy's boss and then all of a sudden it's like the bad guy gets what his head chopped off and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like, well, the bad guy's boss just kind of walks away. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's potential there. But uh, can I, can I again, I don't know if you're going to bring this up just on the bad guy sides of things, but, I mean, Joker, I completely forgot. Oh, yeah. I completely yeah, well, forgot let's... he was in this movie until, like, the final sequence. I'm like, oh, that's right. Jared Leto's in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah. Now, so the post credit scene, um, I don't know if this was one of the things that was reshot because I did hear that Jared Leto had come back in the reshoots. That, and in the end, I think um, Zack Snyder said that there's only five to ten minutes in this movie that they reshot. Everything else was there originally. I don't know if this is one of the scenes because they did have to get him back. Uh Obviously, this was the proper setup for the sequel. I mean, the movie itself sets up a sequel a lot. With I also want to say, it's without it sacrificing being its own standalone movie. I, I don't think if there's anybody out there who's bothering to listen to spoiler-free review or the spoiler review that has not seen the movie, uh, this isn't like, okay, well, this entire movie is just setting up the sequel to still to come. Uh, this is its own movie, but there is so much that would set up a sequel. But the, the final scene was obviously meant to be this is what part two is going to be. It is going to be the war. It is going to be dark side has invaded and all that. Um, it is going to be earth has become apocalypse and seeing the Joker in there. I mean, I, I actually liked, I hate Jared Leto as a person, but I loved Jared Leto's interpretation, of the Joker in the uh, original suicide squad. So, I mean, I would still be up for him coming back. Obviously it's a different look for him. I do feel like the scene goes on a long time. I mean, maybe it's because I watched this in one shot 
I think it was like midnight by the time we finished this. And just from perspective, when you have children that wake up at six o'clock in the morning, midnight's a very late time to be going to bed. And then the, the post-credit scene starts. And I think it's, it runs for over five minutes. Like it is a long post-credit scene. So maybe they could have trimmed this back a little bit. It, it's kind of confusing me why they would include this. Obviously, Zack Snyder wanted to say, this is my original version. This is basically what I wanted to put out. Uh, and they include this scene, even though he's saying he's done now. To me, this felt like, well, we want to keep this in our back pocket in case we ever do business with Zack Snyder again. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of confusing. I, the one thing I'll say about like the the epilogue and that is kind of like how they lumped sort of all things together and made it like obviously the original post credit scene was um, Luther with um, whatever his name is. Deathstroke. Um, Thank you. And that, that was completely changed because this time around he doesn't say the whole, like, we should form a league of our own. He basically yeah. tells Deathstroke who Batman is. Um, and then, like, yeah, the whole sort of sequence with with Bruce when he's dreaming, because like, this is obviously all a dream, and then kind of mm-hmm. when we meet Martian Manhunter, which I'll ask you about in a minute. But, um, yeah, I think the, the problem with the Joker is that, A, they ruined this in the trailer. That this should have been the Darth Maul solo moment. They should mm-hmm. not have announced this. They should not have shown this because I and everyone else would have lost their collective shit to see him return. And like I remember, it was it the first part of was it Infinity War or Endgame when you get got um Red Skull back? And I thought like fuck, you know oh, yeah. Hugo Weaving's back, but it wasn't Hugo Weaving. It was obviously played by someone else. Um, I think this should have been that moment. But yeah, yeah, the scene did go on for a bit. I like it. And, yeah, I'm kind of with you with Jared Leto. I mean, I don't really have anything against him personally. I mean, 30 Seconds of Mars or whatever can go get fucked. But, like, I mean, outside of that, I mean, he's been fine in what I've seen him in. But I guess my problem with it, though, is, like, I liked the Suicide Squad version of him more than this version. Like, again, I had my problems with the Suicide Squad version. But, like, it's like they just changed him because everybody hated that version of him so much with, like, the tattoo on his head and the grills and all sorts of stuff. Now they've just got him the long green hair and almost made him too much like what we expect. I kind of wish they had kept you know, what they had to look like in Suicide Squad. But um, I didn't mind it. Like, it kind of was, it was an interesting moment. I I like the fact that Bruce Wayne drops the F-bomb in this scene. So it's kind of like, oh, like Batman swears. Um, Apparently they they didn't, like Ben Affleck and Jared Leto weren't together. This was completely done separately. And like, it's really clever the way they sort of edit it together. But um, yeah, I I liked it. And it kind of, yeah, I'd be glad to see Jared Leto return. But I had no idea who Martian Manhunter was. I had to read all this afterwards. And the fact that it's, um, what's his face, Henry Lennox, the dude from Batman v Superman, who like when he when he poses as um as uh, Clark's mum uh, as Martha, like mm-hmm. in that whole sequence when he's like talking with Lois. Why did like, you say that name? That blew my head. Apparently, the original the original closing close, closing of this film was meant to be Green Lantern, and apparently there's like a couple of sequences here where you can see like green reflection on on Bruce Wayne or something like that because mm-hmm. they edited it in a certain way. And this is apparently is where they wanted to get Ryan Reynolds to do it, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is Martian Manhunter a big deal? Should I have been more excited for this? Because oh, yeah. I have no idea who Martian Manhunter is. Yeah, I mean, if, if you were to actually boil down what the Justice League is outside of like the, the core ones, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, uh, you'd probably throw Cyborg and Mar- Martian Manhunter as the next two ones in there. Uh, and I, I actually, uh, I have an interesting history with Man- Martian Manhunter. I I saw Martian Manhunter in uh, one of the animated series and hated the character. 
but every live action version they've done of Martian Manhunter, I've loved. They used him in Smallville. He was incredible. They used him in Supergirl. He was even better. Uh, and here, you know, the, the guy who's playing him, I mean, I don't know if you, you recognize him from yeah, Harry, the other films. Uh, Harry, Harry Lennox. Harry Lennox. Because yeah. he's yeah. in 24. He's in, um, he's in one of the seasons well, of 24. he was in he's Man of Steel as well. Yeah, because I, I remember like I remember his character. And mm-hmm. that's like when I saw him and kind of when he taint changes from Martha into that, I'm like, wait, that's a like that's him. That's that dude. Yeah. Um because I I mean I remember him at twenty four because he's like Regina King's something to do with him when we get to twenty four with Regina King, Academy Award winner. <laughs> um so yeah, I know the guy, but like that's again, I just had no clue. So when he appears right at the end, I'm like, huh? Going mm-hmm. on here. <laughs> Is that yeah, vision? And I, that was another thing that I think was spoiled and I would have liked to have been more of a surprise because I saw uh, at least an image that was released of Harry Lennox as Martian Manhunter. So again, I knew that it was coming. Uh, but again, not to be too critical. I mean, some things were spoiled with this movie. I mean, it was leaked early. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> some of it out of their control and all that. But, uh, you know, Martian Manhunter, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why, again, they include this in this movie if they don't want to continue on. If Unless this is uh, Zack Snyder saying, I would literally want to put everything in this movie that I would have put in originally, regardless of whether we do anything else. Because with Martian Manhunter, with the Joker, with the post credit scene, there is so much that I feel like you didn't need to include in this cut if you knew you were done with this. So I'm hopeful that all these inclusions means we are going to be getting him to continue this at some point. Maybe it'll be five, 10 years from now. Who knows? But uh, they're not completely done yet. Zack Snyder sort of said oh i'm done with this this is the wrap-up of my series but he also has never directly said i will never do a dc film again and of course he's still producing because he was a a listed producer on suicide squad as well which i mean this is the thing though that i appreciate about the cast of this series because like you know there was a whole thing the other year about henry cavill's done and oh ben affleck's done but and jared leto like famous was like i'm done but like they're clearly not. I mean, Jared Leto is not going to come back and do a reshoot if he's not done. Ben yeah. Affleck is being in the flash, but Henry Cavill came out and was like, "I've never said that I was done," and he was on the whole Man of Steel commentary when they when they dropped the announcement that Zack Snyder. So like, they've clearly still got enough for this series that they they enjoy it, and I think that. I, I don't think none of the I think we'll get another Justice League movie. I, I honestly do. I think kind of this seems to have got enough sort of reaction to it that, you know, they'll maybe do it, I mean, with the cyborg and everything along those lines and kind of the reaction to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's there's so much in here that you can take from it and everything. Can I just can I add just quickly on the whole Superman arc? Um, I don't get the whole black suit, like why that all of a sudden has to be. A thing. I guess that's a comic book thing. But I actually got, like, Added, uh, addedly, addedly, added emotional when it came to the whole Martha and Lois stuff. Like, can I just say, yeah. like, Amy Adams, like, I think added stuff in this movie. I think it was great. Um, Martha, why did you say that name? Like, I, I again, like, I, I really enjoyed it. Kind of just like the elements that you kind of added to it with that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate, like, Superman, I, I feel like Superman got the raw deal in this edit compared to the, yeah. the, um, the theatrical cut, but it's still, there's still enough there from him that it kind of works. Um, and, it, I mean, it, I really want to see another Superman movie with Henry Cavill. I really, really do. I mean, I'm still pro-Henry Cavill as Bond. I don't know how you are still on that. But um, mm-hmm. I I would love to see another Superman movie with Henry Cavill. I really would. Yeah, obviously the, the Martha and Lois stuff was changed for running time um so we we get like one brief scene plan b is a little bit different in this one as well uh Mm. i I don't know 
I'd have to go and rewatch it, but I don't know whether I like the new fight scene better than the old one. Uh, but again, you know, every, when you see both these movies, you can see why they change certain things. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you. I think that, you know, Martha and Lois really belong in this movie, whereas in the first one, it was like, OK, they're there. You know, they, they, we, we felt obligated to include them in a way. Well, I think it's also too because the whole dream sequence is it, and like actually that's one thing with the dream sequence I like because a lot of people criticize like Batman v Superman with the whole Barry Allen flash scene when he's coming through the computer and yelling at Bruce like well that went nowhere. Um, this time around they actually explain yeah. it more, and I mean I like that sort of dream sequence because again it's, it's it's sequel baiting with the whole like the lowest is the key thing like that's mm-hmm. kind of what we got in Batman v Superman so. I kind of like that. I just want to quickly ask just with Wonder Woman because I think kind of a lot of people thought in, in Justice League that she was added more because of the success of Wonder Woman and then people complained she was kind of like sexualized a bit more with kind of the camera shots and that. Like, I mean, to me, Wonder Woman and, and Batman in this movie are kind of on the same page. They're kind of like cyborgs are hot, but they're kind of just like the, I don't know, the foundations. They're kind of the mum and dad yeah. of this operation. And yeah, like Wonder Woman doesn't have a huge starring role. Neither does Batman, really. But I mean, they kind of play their parts enough. I mean, Bruce Wayne is the reason behind of all this. You know, Wonder Woman um, and Diana is kind of there enough where you kind of need them. And Alfred, can we mention too that Jeremy Irons gets a lot more? He loves his oh, yeah. tea in this movie, Jeremy Irons. So I kind of like them. Although I'm sad that we lost the uh, the the CrossFit workout of Ben Affleck. We don't get to see his um, oh. his rig in this movie. I bet Jamie was upset about that too. Very disappointed. Um, you know, it's interesting you mentioned with the Wonder Woman thing, because I, I said from the beginning, this is this happens every time you do one of these movies, whatever is the most recent movie to come out, people are going to be like, oh, I, they, they really should have included more of this character. Uh, the same, the exact same thing happened post when we did that original review, the exact same thing happened in Infinity War. Infinity War comes out and people are like, well, why wasn't uh, Black Panther a bigger part of this movie? People were only thinking that because Black Panther had just come out when uh, Endgame came out. Well, why wasn't Captain Marvel a bigger part of this movie? Captain Marvel had just come out. You just explained why in your question. The movies just came out. Black Panther, they couldn't say, let's write Black Panther as a lead character in a movie before his movie comes out. We don't know where you're going with this character yet. It was the same thing in in both versions of Justice League that we're going to get now. You know, Wonder Woman was still being shot. You can't expect them to say, we're going to make this the lead character before the movie comes out, A, before we even see where this character goes, one of my biggest complaints in Infinity War and Endgame was the portrayal of Spider-Man was clearly written by somebody who had not seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet because they're like, we got one joke. Let's just play that joke for three hours straight. Uh, so, yeah, give the benefit of the doubt here. And I, I never get the whole over-sexualizing Wonder Woman compared to the original. I mean, are we saying they're over-sexualizing Ben Affleck because of his CrossFit training? Are they over-sexualizing... Uh, Superman because he's constantly emerging shirtless. I mean, well, there's it, so it's, much shirtless men in this movie. I think they've added more oh, shirtless men all with over the place. Zeus or whatever it is in the in the extended battle scene. But I think um, when it comes down to it, too, like the the Wonder Woman scene at the beginning, like the bank. Like I love the fact that yeah, Wonder Woman basically just becomes a murderer. Like she just needlessly yeah. murders the terrorists, <laughs> and then basically like the, the 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 I didn't like the preachy little bit where you got the little girl. Can I grow up to be just like you? And it's oh. like you can grow up to be whoever you want to be. I'm like, oh, God, come on. Like, Jesus, you don't need that. If you heard our Wonder Woman 84 review, my complaint about a children have ruined everything about Wonder Woman too. (laughs) Didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah. I mean, but, like, I mean, I'm trying to think, was there something else that I didn't like about this that kind of annoyed me? Um, No. Yeah, I just still can't get over Amber Heard having a British accent. Like, I mean, what, like... (laughs) 
did like did she have one in the the Whedon cut? I, I mean, I think it was one scene of her, but I don't. No, think it was a completely that. different scene, and I think it was a reshoot. Yeah, so it's interesting, but I mean, I guess that's one thing we can forgive for the original shoots that Amber Heard had a a British accent. Hello, I'm Amber Heard. I bashed Johnny Depp. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, might as well get to our ratings of this. I mean, it sounds like it's pretty unanimous. I'm buying this movie. I'm I'm so buying this movie. I actually think this is one of the best superhero films I've ever seen. Again, disclaimer, it's not really a superhero film. It's a mini series, but I'd be curious to play around with this myself and see if I could turn it into a movie. I think regardless, it works better than the original. And again, that's no fault of Joss Whedon. That was the studio saying, we need to remove mentions of a sequel. We need to shorten the running time. I think we could have had an incredible movie, even if Joss Whedon had had to take over and wasn't given those directions. Yeah, 100% buy. I mean... Yeah, I, I actually really like to maybe eventually rewatch all of these and kind of rethink my rankings because I kind of remember where I was ranking these when we were doing them. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I ranked the original Justice League high. I'm pretty sure it was in my top two, top three maybe. So this would be, you know, even higher than that basically on that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's kind of just such an interesting phase with the DCEU now though, like kind of with this and then obviously we've just had the Suicide Squad. We've got three coming out next year, don't we, I believe? Three movies. So... Um, Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman, mm-hmm. and The Lost Kingdom. And then we have Shazam 2 still coming out at the uh, in the middle of 2023. So, And then also the, uh, what, the Peacemaker uh, TV yeah. series. So and they're like, ramping up. Not- and everyone's saying this is dead. This is not dead. This has got so much they're coming. And, and let's also not forget, I mean, the Batman 2, because uh, mm. the original plan, that's why the Deathstroke scene, you know, was in there in the first place, is, as you said, telling him about Bruce Wayne's name in this because the the movie that was supposed to follow this was going to be Ben Affleck's Batman. They've got the same director, Matt Reeves. It's a completely different script, but uh, they have specifically, I guess, very cautiously said, hey, we're not saying that, you know, these universes won't tie together. And that's when we get to Flashpoint, that's kind of the whole point is that universes, you could have these multiple universes all tied together. So the idea is that Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck could meet at some point in the future, you know, the same way that, that I guess the Joker even though it's not part of this, maybe it is part of this. You know, maybe they could all be connected at some point. So they've, they've opened the door so that even their non-DCEU films could be part of this later on. As much as later on this year with Spider-Man that if Tobey Maguire is in that movie, I will collectively shit myself. Uh, if <laughs> next year we get, we've got Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton supposedly, uh, Robert Pattinson we want Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Come on. And and uh, what's his face? God, why have we gone blank at his name? Um, um, Adam West? <laughs> oh, sure, no. Um, Christian Bale? Christian Bale. God, sorry. God, like, well, sorry. Uh, I want them all. <laughs> I, I know that Christian Bale was, I mean, because Christopher Nolan is still involved in this movie. And actually, one of the interesting trivia things I read uh, before I did this was Zack Snyder never, the reason we don't see any of the Joss Whedon footage in here isn't just because, you know, oh, well, he was opposed to it he never watched the Joss Whedon cut like Zack Snyder ever watched it because Christopher Nolan told him, don't watch this movie. It's going to break your heart. Uh, mm. So he never saw it. So Christopher Nolan, obviously, even though it's not just, a, Oh, well we still have his name on there just for appearances sake. He's still involved in these movies. He launched this. Christopher Nolan had tried to get Christian Bale in for Batman versus Superman originally. So, and, and it, it wasn't a thing where the, he just flatly said no. I mean, at one point, I guess it was looking a little bit closer. So Christian Bale's not opposed to this. I mean, we could have that. Why not? Adam West, Christian Bale, 
and we'll do we'll do a Batman versus Batman movie. Adam the, West, Christian Bale, and, and uh, George Clooney versus Val Kilmer, Michael Keaton, and Ben Affleck. What's um? Oh, is it Will Arnett? Is the voice of Lego Batman? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Will Arnett in there. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's like seriously, like this is the beauty well, of these multiverses, though, because like I mean, you've had it famously in what was that? Uh, was it the Flash TV series where you had Brandon Routh and Tom Welling come back? I mean, I, I think I've seen the footage on YouTube basically, but I, I wouldn't mind watching it just to see Brandon Routh and Tom bring in Tom well, Welling and Brandon Routh in the movies. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, because that another important thing to mention. I mean, this is now spoiler for Crisis on Infinite Earths, but when when the Arrow Flash. Supergirl Legends of Tomorrow TV series had their big crossover. I think it was about two years ago, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. That was the one where Brandon Routh, uh, who was playing two separate characters, the Adam and Superman, and uh, Tom Welling came in. But they used Kevin Conroy in that as Batman. Kevin Conroy is a guy who voiced Batman in the animated series in the 90s and so much of the animated stuff since then. Uh, and in that same Crisis on Infinite Earths, you get a Ezra Miller cameo as The Flash. So they opened the door already that their TV universes and their movie universes could cross over. So, yeah, bring it on. I mean, we could have a million Batmans, a million Supermans. And and this is going to become a thing where people eventually are going to say it's overdone. Uh, there, Of course, because, you know, the media bias against you're going to get people saying, oh, well, DC's ripping off Marvel. DC actually kind of started this. So um, yeah. they're, they're not ripping anybody off. Uh, but I... I think that they've handled it well, even with these, these little seeds they planted, like in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And now we're going to get in Flashpoint, where I think it will make total sense. It's not going to become too cluttered. Because isn't Doctor Strange doing it as well outside of Spider-Man? And we're getting like all these multiverse, the multiverse of madness. So, yeah. I, I, this is okay. I'm just saying it right now. No time to die. This is what they're doing with the Bond. <laughs> this is going to be the, the, the Bond multiverse for all of it. Oh, come on. Right now. Seriously. Orgasm oh. Central. All of a sudden, Daniel Craig's walking in. He gets into some flashback. You hear Pierce Bros. There he is. There's Roger. There's Timothy. There's George. There's Shofak. Jesus. Imagine all the different things you could do this with. The Mummy movies. We could have Tom Cruise meets Brendan Fraser. Oh. Like, who doesn't want Tom Cruise and Brendan Fraser together? I don't care wow. what your feelings are on the Tom Cruise Mummy movies. You put Tom Cruise and Brendan Fraser in a movie together, I'm there. The Tomb Raider multiverse. You could have... New Lara Croft and Angelina Jolie, like I can't remember her name, but whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all these other ones that you could do, but um, wow, the multi—you just have the multiverse, multiverse where everyone meets everyone. Like, <laughs> yes, Batman meets Spider-Man. I mean, there is, and James oh, Bond's you know chilling what? with him. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Batman versus Michael Keaton Vulture. It can yes, happen. <laughs> exactly. Willem Dafoe is Green Goblin, and Willem Dafoe is. The Aquaman character, J.K. <laughs> Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, and um, the, why can't why am I going blank on his name? I'm going blank on everyone's name. Jeffrey Wright? From, no, from Spider-Man. What's his character in Spider-Man? Oh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, yeah. he, he's in the new Batman movie, isn't he? And yeah. Felix Leiter. So there you go. <laughs> And you know what? You know who started this all? The Oz Network. Okay, we brought you Double Oz Seven. Noah Groves back to Double Oz Seven or Oz Network. We 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 crossed over Oz Network Rocky with Double Oz Seven Rossi. <laughs> we do so many things here, and we don't get any of this credit. And coming soon, the crossover you've all been waiting for. It's the Oz Network meets the qualifying lap. <laughs> Oh, we 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 brought Survivor people on to do a recap of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like, come on, <laughs> give us the credit here. We started exactly. this multiverse. <laughs> exactly. All right. Jesus, everyone, get on board with it all. And if you're offended at something Noel Grove said, don't worry. That was one of the multiverse Noel Groves. The one we got on now doing Lost, he's okay. He's not racist. Well. <laughs> <laughs>
Depends on what day of the week. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, what else do we have coming out? Is we, we sort of talked off air. Free Guy is still, I, we're going to be doing it at one point or another. It's going to be dependent on whether you do it with me or do it yourself. Uh, we might be doing Hugh Jackman's new movie, Reminiscence. Uh, we'll definitely be doing Shang-Chi. Might even have a cameo for my nephew on there because he's insisted on coming to that movie with me. I will avoid uh, an hour and a half of him on the episode, but we'll give you a cameo if any big Rick fans out there want to hear him. Big uh, Rick fans. <laughs> bring it in the multiverse of nephews. Wear your T-shirt uh, with your little flag. Yay, Rick. <laughs> uh, but then I guess the, the other big thing will be um, Mighty Ducks, which... It's along happening. with just it was going to be happening around the time of the Snyder Cut coming out. So uh, we're back onto our schedule here. We're about five months behind. We're onto our schedule finally. Well, I've watched it. I've watched Game Changers. So I'm, I'm actually like, I, I, I mean, completely honest with you when I say I am more excited to talk about Game Changers. And I hope we're doing a spoiler free review because we're not doing every single episode. But um, yeah. I've got a lot more to say about Game Changers. And I don't want to let you know how I feel about it. I'm going to wait till I'm on air. Um, but no, we're going to do the movies finally. And yeah, outside of our reviews, we've obviously got uh, 24 Breaking Bad. Lost is returning in September, folks. A couple of weeks. I guarantee you Lost is finally back after a nearly two-year break. We're finally on track to finish Lost finally. Um, and as we keep saying too, uh, we will do a No Time to Die episode. Uh, yeah. You, obviously, you, you want your main coverage, listen to 007, because we'll do a sort of a very extended spoiler review of that when it comes out. But in terms of just a standard uh, Oz Network, we will do a spoiler-free review, and then eventually the recap will be over on 007 when it comes out on Blu-ray slash uh, streaming. So um, plenty to come, and then Bad Movie Month, I guess, still, and, and Matrix probably to close out the mm-hmm. year. So um, And then hopefully we'll be back into the swing of normality in 2022. And eventually JCBD month as well. Um, yes. Van Damage I will, month. Oh, is... sudden death. I'm, I'm pumped for sudden death. Yeah, sudden death. Uh, hockey and Van Dam. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> we got some he, other cool movies on there too. He becomes we a got... goalkeeper for the, a goaltender, sorry, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Why wouldn't you like that? And, you know, at least one person's very excited about Van Dam month because uh, when I told Jamie we were going to be getting into this eventually, uh, it's still happening. Matt, if you're listening, it's still happening. Um, she went out and bought a Van Damme box set because she wanted to watch Hard Target specifically for the mullet. So wow. <laughs> we got mullets on here. We got uh, twins. We got twin Van Dams. We got some great movies. So that'll come eventually. It's still happening. People. All right. So that's it. That's our lineup of things to come. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. My name is Colin, and this has been the Waterworth Cut. And my name is Ben, and... I'm Rich. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.